Hello and welcome to the Jeff Macalino Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I'll get right into it because I have a guest today. I'll introduce in a second. And then uh, I also uh, have an Urban Dictionary. haven't done one in a while, but I got a fan submission. Thank you for that. I will uh, read that during the episode around the midway point, so stay tuned for that. You're going to want to because you're going to enjoy yourself so much because today I'm speaking with Amy Sinha, and she is out of the United Kingdom. And as much of uh, as much of an idiot as I felt like, I did ask her during this podcast if there was a difference between the United Kingdom and Great Britain. Um, which may sound dumb, but, uh, you know, some of you also may have been wondering that. I don't know. Or maybe it's just me. She, she didn't make me feel stupid for asking. Um, Amy is, um, she's got a very interesting background. Um, first off, she is a, uh, a vocalist, a songwriter, presenter, voiceover artist, entrepreneur, from Wales in the United Kingdom. Um, she's got a uh, rare medical condition that she suffered as a child, several different conditions, honestly. Uh, she was one of only five children in the entire United Kingdom who suffered from uh, the uh, disability condition. Um, she, you know, uh, really had a, a, a difficult uh, childhood with uh, cataracts that, that left her almost blind. There's a rare nerve condition called sensory neuropathy type 11. Um, she can't feel hot, cold, or pain anywhere on her skin. Uh, and she also... Um, Let's see, she stopped growing at the age of 11, which almost led to her being left in a wheelchair. Um, We don't really get too into the specifics of why I wanted to kind of mention that uh, before you listen, because I don't think we get too into the specifics of her, um, the difficulties she's faced. I think we more just talk about uh, personally how she's overcome uh, those challenges. And uh, we talk a little bit about jazz uh, somebody is going to be listening local to me and say, you, you idiot, there are XYZ jazz clubs around town that you've just never heard of because you've never looked. Or more likely, they'll say, we've been to a jazz club together locally. How do you not remember that? We all know the answer to that question. Anyways, great episode ahead. Uh, have some more great guests line up. Oh, and the last thing, I will uh, hopefully remember to link this in the show notes. If not, I have shared it on the Jeff Macalino Podcast Facebook page, but uh, Jonathan McLernan, whose podcast, uh, or I should say who was a guest on my podcast, uh, and uh, my mother said this was her favorite episode, I believe, uh, I was on his podcast. Uh, It was a live Facebook uh, podcast, but the video is up uh, and visible. Again, I shared it on the Jeff McAlino podcast Facebook page. 
Uh, I do believe that uh, it is other places as well. I'll I'll link all that in the show notes, assuming I remember. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, had a, a good conversation with him. Um, you know, really, a lot of it was based upon a lot of my own mental health issues that I've talked about uh, previously on this podcast and probably went a little more in-depth. Uh, tried to keep it somewhat lighthearted, but at the same time was a, obviously a very serious topic. And uh, was I enjoyed talking to him, uh, even though it really, you know, again, wasn't necessarily an enjoyable life experience I was sharing. It was uh, hopefully enlightening, maybe, to somebody out there. Um, so... Anyways, check that out if you get a chance. Uh, Jonathan is an awesome guy and someone who I will definitely uh, be keeping in touch with, uh, like many guests from the Jeff McAlino podcast. Anyways, enjoy Amy, enjoy the Urban Dictionary, and uh, I'll see you on the flippity flop. listener of the Jeff McAlino podcast, your support is greatly appreciated and I love you. If you enjoy the podcast and would consider giving a single time or monthly contribution to improve the production value and uh, or buy the host a, uh, a cocktail perhaps, you can do so at anchor.fm slash Jeff McAlino slash support or click in that handy link in the show notes, which is a lot easier than typing all those letters into the, the place you type the letters on the computer. Any uh, contribution would be greatly appreciated. All right, and now I welcome to the Jeff McAlino podcast all the way from the United Kingdom, Amy Sinha. How are you, Amy? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I I uh, I've I've got coffee with me today because it's it's uh believe it or not a little early for me to to drink. I'm usually drinking whiskey, but but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that cup. That's amazing. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yes, I, I I've got the the chipped uh, horn, unfortunately, and in ear is. Oh. It, 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 yeah, a, a former coworker gave gave this to me as a gift because he knew I would I would rock it around the office and it is it has made it home with me and it 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 is my go to coffee cup still. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are things over there? Yeah, they're good. They're getting better. They're getting better. Things have opened up, although more people are getting COVID now than they did before because people are mixing with each yeah. other more. Yeah, it uh, doesn't seem to be a solution to, to that. <laughs> even, even the vaccine doesn't seem to really be a solution. <laughs> just kind but of it like just it. means that we're not going to die, that's all. So. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> something. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I had it uh, in, gosh, it's been uh, not quite three months ago I had it. Oh, no. And. And I actually, I, I'm selfish of me because I know other people have had it much worse 
uh, including my mother. Uh, but uh, I was like, oh, this was a nice rest for a couple of days. <laughs> I just slept. I got, I got caught up on my sleep. Oh, well done. No fever then? No fever or cough? Uh, yeah, I had a fever for two days. Um, and that was it. I had, but, you know, and I, I slept for about three times the amount I normally sleep. And uh, my son had it also. So we just stayed in for two weeks. So it was kind of a nice little, <laughs> nice little respite. <laughs> but again, I'm young and, and relatively healthy. So uh, yeah. I know not, not everyone is... <laughs> Not everyone is uh, as fortunate or lucky as me. No, very true. Um, speaking of, I guess we'll dive right into one of the things um, when I was was reading about you uh, is uh, your childhood uh, health issues. That was, I mean, I say this in a way that doesn't come off rude. It was fascinating to me how positive uh things have turned out for you um mm. when i think they easily could have gone and you easily could have been a very bitter angry person and uh it certainly doesn't seem that way unless you hide it really well <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, there's a flip side yeah absolutely this is a you know all <laughs> an illusion what you see right now <laughs> yeah. you're, you're gonna come out here like a dragon any second now. <laughs> <laughs> you're all game of thrones yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh talk to me i mean because this was some uh some of the health issues you've had are extremely rare um how was it not that there's a a special uh uh pep talk necessarily that you can give to say why how why was i able to overcome this or um uh i guess talk to me a little bit just about that just how you have uh developed such a positive personality and done so much despite I don't want to say shortcomings, but getting the short end of the stick on, on, on certain sort uh, certain things. I can't speak English today. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I think it's. I think maybe when you do have kind of a lot of obstacles when you're younger, you kind of learn how to become resilient really fast. Um, and I think that maybe that was the case for me. And is also, I mean, I was in and out of hospital, so I kind of to cope with all of that, kind of put a block. And so I kind of put like this wall up, which kind of protected, you know, I kind of didn't let anything in to keep myself moving forward. Otherwise, I think if I hadn't, I probably would have been uh, an emotional wreck because there was a lot, there was a lot to go through. Um, but on the flip side, the down, the downside of that was as well as like trying to stop the bad stuff, it kind of stopped the good stuff as well. So my emotions is, is um, it's, it's been a journey over the years to kind of let the good stuff in and be happy, like genuinely that's, that's taken, it's, that's taken its time. I think that's the uh, one negative, I guess, about it, about going through like difficult times when you're young, which I'm sure many people can resonate with. Uh, but you know it's a uh, you kind of have to make um you kind of have to make a choice so you can let yourself get into a spiral of darkness which I have done you know I've been depressed quite a lot into my life because things weren't happening the way I wanted them to and I had so many restrictions and then you kind of go well what's the point of being depressed you can only be depressed for so long well I was until I was like well 
nothing is nothing is happening so unless I actually start to move forward my life is just going to stay the way it is and I think that's what has kept me going over the years knowing that things are not going to happen to me unless I make them happen so you know you can put the thoughts out there all you want but unless you actually take action nothing is going to come your way so yeah (laughs) right no that's that's something I think people miss uh is that it's I mean, you, 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 this is your life, <laughs> you know, you, you got dealt a hand, you got dealt. Um, and uh, nope, nobody gets everything they want in life. Obviously some people have it much uh, more difficult than others. Um, but it's, it's uh, inspiring when uh, you see someone and you think, well, look, I got a better, better hand than they did. Uh, and they're making more of their life than I am. <laughs> I, I, uh, maybe I maybe inspiring is not the right word in that specific situation, <laughs> um, but uh, it it makes you feel good to just you know just know that uh, that uh, anyone you know despite whatever hand they're dealt can have a good successful life. I think you're right, and I think just to do with perspective and mindset. I mean, everyone has something that they have to deal with, whether it's like divorced parents or somebody dying or they suffer some some abuse when they're younger. And, you know, everybody has something and you can't go through a certain amount of life without going through or having something happen to you in your life that's made you, that's challenged you and made you kind of think about what you want your life to become. It can be a death of a parent that, you know, that makes you want to have children of your own. and, and, And I don't have any children. I did want children because <laughs> I had two nephews and I, I love kids and then and then I came to a point where I'm going looking at my friends going well actually isn't it good that I don't have kids because I can focus on myself rather than you know life is all about your children so it, it is all to do with perspective and the grass is always greener and you know our, our vision of you know we want to when we're young you know I always wanted to get married have a you know a great house have an amazing career and nothing happened the way that I wanted it to happen but that doesn't mean that I'm not happy or that my dreams have, you know, or failed because they haven't, because you just, as you go through life, your dreams become something else. Right. So they just turn to where you are. They no longer, you know, where you were when you were younger. So, and I think that you just have to keep moving. If you don't keep moving, if your mind doesn't, you know, if your perspective doesn't keep changing, you're going to get stuck. And then you're just going to feel like your life is going nowhere. So that's the way I think I've kind of, I've seen it to, to move forward and kind of grab the opportunities where you are and to, to, to maybe make something of your life. If, if people are feeling stuck, I think that's the main thing. No, I, I love that. And that's, it, it's uh, funny to, to, to tell you, to tell you my story a little, it's one thing that uh, when I was 22 and in my final year of college, I got my girlfriend pregnant. Uh, who then became my ex-wife. <laughs> I had another kid <laughs> before the ex part, but um, I, I jumped into a career that I, I hated and that I just recently got out of. Um, just a just a career that was miserable. N- nobody nobody in there nobody grows up wanting to be in, in insurance. If they do, <laughs> they've got a more fucked up childhood than, than everyone I know. <laughs> um, but I did it out of necessity. You need money, you need health insurance, stuff like that. Um, and and I, I always go back to, um, you know, seeing 
I was out of my friends. I was the one in my early twenties who had a career and, and I got a house at a younger age because I had a, an income and, um, but I, I wasn't able to pursue dreams, so to speak. I had a, a, a job I had to do. Uh, and I always say I have zero regret about that because I wouldn't change a thing because I, I, I would not do anything to sacrifice having my daughter in my life. You know, it's and it, look, it wasn't not my fault that she came about either, by the way. Um, okay. I played, <laughs> I played a role in that. Okay. Right. At least you admit that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like I, I got dealt a hand. No, I, 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 I played a certain hand that I, I got an outcome that came from it. Um, and I wouldn't do anything in the world to change it. But it is interesting. At some point, it's like, gosh, if I didn't, if that hadn't happened, I could have done this, that, the other thing. And then I think, well, that's that's nonsense. I would never have wanted any any life that didn't involve mm. my my kids in it. Um, so it's it's just always a perspective. And then the other factor in that is, you know, a lot of my friends get into their late 30s and are having children. They're going to be like in their 60s and have kids in college. My son will turn 18 and I'm going to be 43 years old. So. I've got a long life ahead of me with my kids as grownups where I don't have to, you know, do all the little things. Uh, so there's a, there's also a, a, a eventual payoff. Um, but it is, it's, it's all perspective and, and uh, everyone kind of always, I think has a natural tendency to think the grass is always greener. And then it's like, well, but I got what I got for, maybe for a reason. I mean, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I never know. Uh, I've, I discussed on here a couple times, like I, I like to believe there's a God, I don't have strong feelings, but I also like to think God kind of probably gives most people, I, I, I think most things come about through your own personal yeah. choices, but I do think God, the things that don't, I don't think they land on people who, can't handle them. Uh, I, I, I like to think that I, it's probably nonsensical because there's probably some horrible things that have happened to people who couldn't deal with them. Uh, obviously there has been, um, but I like to think that God still, there's some sort of divineness <laughs> that, that makes sure that people who have things happen to them are capable of handling them. It's just their choice, whether they do. Yeah, but I, you know, I think that we all are capable of handling everything. So when things happen, I think it just brings out different sides to us. So the people you see that can't handle it, it's just that they're not aware of how to tap in to those, you know, strengths that they already have. I think we all do. I think it's just within us. It's just in certain parts, it comes out in a way when we're ready. So um, that's what I believe. So I think, and, and when you have something, you just have to learn quickly. Otherwise you won't, you will let it drown you and and I think it takes a lot of strength but as I said I think we all we're all capable and it's just tuning into that to you know help us yeah and and finding the things you enjoy doing and uh it helps if you're good at those things uh <laughs> well I think you can learn I mean I, I know a lot of people later in life who I think I think somebody who's a 70 wanted to learn the piano and she did and she did a grade eight or ballet the dancing in her 90s she finally achieved it so you know what I think I think age is not 
we put age as a barrier in our own heads, but I don't think that age has anything to do with what are, we are capable of and what, you know, capable of in that time. As you said, you worked in insurance. Okay, you, you're not working there anymore. So I'm guessing you're in your 30s now. So, you, yeah. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> okay, so then it's not too late to go into another career if you find something that you really love or if you probably have already but you know I'm saying kind of like you know later in the game rather than coming out of college which a lot of people do and instantly going into a career and having that for maybe 20-30 years until they retired and realize that they've wasted their life into you know a career that they hate so and I, and I think if we just take away this perception of age and timing and just go with what we feel and that it's okay to do anything at any time and take away the restrictions I think that a lot of pressure will be out of you know, out of us, and I've noticed something in America that you seem older than we do in the UK. Whenever I look at you, you guys, it's like, you know, you just seem so mature when you're like 24 and you've got your own house and your own flat, and you know, you want to get married. I'm just watching all these reality shows now, so this is what I'm judging it off. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's in my case, that's true. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I see that a lot, but in the UK, like just in the UK, it just seems like we're just lazing around to like 30 or something, and then finally you know wanting to look into getting a house or getting to get married or whatever there's a there's a benefit to that though i think mm -hmm. uh i don't i don't think you're fully uh well i say this and i'm 34 and i'm not fully matured so <laughs> actually at times i think i'm getting less mature as i age <laughs> but in your early 20s it's it's so early to be making potential lifelong decisions it really yeah. you know it would be nice to to wait <laughs> again hindsight being being what it is i i didn't really mm -hmm. have a choice but to but to grow up uh faster uh but i i make a joke <clears throat> that from 22 to 27 i I had a kid, I got a career, I had multiple promotions, I bought a house, I got married, I had another kid, I had a back surgery. Um, I'm like, my mid 20s was most people's like, late 30s and 40s. <laughs> like, I, lived, I already lived my late 30s and 40s. So now in my mid 30s, I'm gonna start living my 20s again. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. Still have the house though, so that's that's a slight. That's something. There you go. <laughs> I don't. I don't think my parents want me moving back in. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, that's a lot of things because when COVID hit, then it kind of it were, kind of family started actually to come together, and especially now we've got, especially in the UK, we've got this. It kind of was like um, you found somebody who got married, had kids, and then you moved abroad. And now it's kind of, and, and the parents, you know, the families are split apart. And now you're finding that we're all coming together and the children, because of the money situation, they need the, the grand, the, their parents to look after their kids. So the grandparents looking after their grandchildren. And you've got more of a nuclear um, family rather than moving abroad and, and, and moving away. So it's kind of um, maybe a shift into the next generation of what we're headed. So more, because like in the 40s, you know, during the war, families were all, insular so you had like certain people on the street families you know grandparents living next door to the grandchildren so they could help out and there's something really lovely about that the families living close together I mean obviously if you don't get on with your family it's probably not so good but you know it's, it's kind of 
I mean, I, I love this fact where we, we can all explore and things like that. But, the, you know, moving so far away, I'm a very family orientated person. So I, you know, I wouldn't like to be away from my family and friends for so long. And I've always loved America. And I've always liked because I'm into the jazz. So my dream when I was younger was to move to New York and get married, married like a pianist or a bass player and then just just live in New York. And now I'm just thinking probably best. No, I don't really want to do that because then I'd be away from my family for so long. So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's worked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, you, you never know in the future. But but yeah, it's a talk, talk to me. I know you've you've had a, a career as a you were a jazz singer, correct? Yeah. So I studied jazz in music college and I do you know, I just loved it. Um, I was just surrounded by so many and so many American musicians will come to Swansea in this little place of Swansea, which actually a fact. So I am from where um, Catherine Zeta-Jones was from before she married Michael Douglas. Uh, so people actually, yeah, musicians came here like a lot of. So we had, um, oh, I don't know if you, like, like Kyle Eastwood's son, uh, Clint Eastwood's son, sorry, not Kyle Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son, Kyle, he came, he's a, an amazing bass player. Uh, so he came here and then you had a lot of jazz, like Buddy Greco, who was part of the Rat Pack, he came to Swansea as well. So there was a lot of uh, jazz musicians from New York and played, people played in the Blue Note. They'd come to tour here. So, you know, it was kind of like a, a multicultural, I didn't have to leave Swansea. <laughs> Everyone from around the world would just come here. Uh, but yeah, no, I love jazz. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't listen to it as much as I used to because for some reason I've kind of, um, kind of separated myself a little bit from it uh, it's to do with the lifestyle as well it wasn't really the healthiest of the lifestyles that uh, <laughs> jazz musicians live <laughs> it, it, so. yeah jazz I, I imagine the lifestyle similar to like stand-up comedy lifestyle late nights lots of uh lots of extracurricular activities <laughs> <laughs> yes yes Yes, yeah, yeah. Wasn't very um, healthy, kind of waking up at ridiculous times of the afternoon, going to bed. And I think probably the time I didn't get home until six, like in the morning, and the milkman was here already, <laughs> like waving. Hi. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> you miss half the day, and, you know, we thrive when light, we thrive. And so I was getting up, you know, in the dark and becoming a vampire almost. And, and yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the healthiest. Yeah, it doesn't, it really doesn't feel good when you go to sleep when the sun is coming up. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> May have been a great night, but but instantly when you when you're trying to go to bed and it's sunny, you're like, oh, this was a mistake. A little bit. And that's your student lifestyle. And think about that, carrying that on for 10 years after you've actually graduated. It's uh, you know, yeah, it's not good. I mean, it was good at the time. But, <laughs> but, yeah, it's not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, no, not sustainable. Not for most people. <laughs> That's interesting, though, because I, I usually think of jazz as being mostly an American centric kind of thing. I guess it mm -hmm. makes sense uh, in the UK, at least because, you know, we speak the same language. Um, oh, yeah. uh, is there is there a lot of uh, outside of the UK? Is there a lot of places in Europe that like jazz or is it kind of yeah, Paris, France, Germany, Luxembourg? They, you know, actually, Europe is big oh, wow. on jazz because it's good. I think you remember like before the Second World War. I mean, Paris was the hotspot, I think, for jazz musicians, you know, especially the bohemian style. I think America is just well known. I guess I know it started in, in America, but it kind of spread very quickly into Europe. Um, I mean, I'm, in, in, I'm Indian, so not so much for the Indian people, but um, yeah, definitely in the UK, it's quite big, uh, especially with the younger, but it's getting younger and younger as you get on. So when I was 
in college people think oh my gosh you're so young to love jazz it was for the older people you know but I think people what is it like in the states is it young orientated or older uh it's definitely older um yeah I'm I'm trying to think of I, even if I have if I know of any people when I was growing up that enjoyed it at, as a young person I don't I can't think of it really yeah. yeah well and I grow up I, I'm in Florida so we don't have a a ton of jazz scene at least that I know of around here uh so that might be part of it we have more of a a beach beach vibe right. which I would think beach and jazz would actually work together yeah you know, similar laid back to be It'd be an interesting idea to have a beach jazz club. I would work definitely because you could actually get the musicians to play outside. Um, I think that would oh that would oh that'd be amazing. And the weather is so lovely in Florida most of the time, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, we have our time. Uh, we have our yeah. <laughs> we have our we have uh, like torrential downpours uh, between beautiful sunny hot days. <laughs> Like for 30 minutes, it will seem like you're in a hurricane and then it'll be fine the rest of the day before and after. That's that's kind of Florida in a nutshell. <laughs> so no jazz clubs in Orlando? I, I'm sure there are in Orlando. Because um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think there's one in uh, downtown Disney or whatever they call it now. Oh. I think it's called something else. The Disney World in, in Orlando or right outside of Orlando. And they have a, a whole place with restaurants and, and bars and clubs and stuff that's free to go to just on Disney property. So everything costs three times as much as, as it would outside of it. But I'm sure <laughs> they have a jazz place there. Um, no, I, for some reason now I'm really wanting to seek out jazz clubs. So. <laughs> listeners if you know of any in the tampa bay area let me know <laughs> yeah yeah oh, since, that'd be amazing. It, it's funny since uh and florida has been you probably know this pretty wide open throughout covid um and i'll be honest i live music prior to covid sometimes annoyed me not that I dislike music, but I did the live music. It's like, well, I can't talk to people because it's too loud or, or whatever. Uh, That's the point. Have, yeah, that is the point. Yeah. Well, now, now I have an appreciation for it. Like since COVID, it's like, this is nice. This is nice. I like this. So it's made me appreciate, uh, again, not that Florida was shut down for long, but even the little bit of limitations was like, huh, I kind of miss this. This is nice to, to have music playing from a live you know live yeah. band or, or musician but uh no I, I i need to i i now i'm very curious i'll, I'll get back to you on the jazz scene because like i'm sure there's more jazz places that i just don't know about <laughs> <laughs> well, there must be a lot of uk people travel to florida don't they so um yeah florida's a just a, a melting pot of mm -hmm. people from all over the world you know so we've got a pretty diverse um you know we I, I don't know that we necessarily have our own culture <laughs> but we have everyone else's <laughs> well, that's good, kind of, yeah that's kind of a culture in itself i guess uh, 
and we we have beaches so <laughs> we have beaches here too in swansea we have an amazing we have award-winning beaches i'm not gonna lie <laughs> well we do too i just don't know what awards i see the commercials <laughs> like st petersburg clearwater award-winning beaches what what awards <laughs> <laughs> Here's an unpaid sponsorship for Frontier Communications. Do you miss dial-up internet speeds? Do you want to see what it's like to live in a world without internet? Do you want an internet provider with horrendous customer service? Do you want to just flush money down the toilet? Well, if so, I have an internet provider for you. Frontier Communication provides internet speeds at literally five one-thousandths. Uh, yeah. That's hard to say. The speed of its local competitors. Not only that, they charge you more for it. If you miss the days of taking three minutes to download an image of Pamela Anderson for your jerk-off sessions and knowing that you'd never have enough time to download a video, get yourself Frontier Communications Internet. And because you're a listener to the Jeff McAlino podcast, I've got a great deal for you. Reach out to Frontier Communications on Twitter and tell them to go fuck themselves and that Jeff McAlino sent you. And you will be eligible to get the slowest internet speeds at the highest internet price if you live in Pinellas County, Florida. Frontier Communications. Vintage internet. You've got mail. You know my dad, Jeff McAlino, is a cool dad. But he's still old and not hip. Which he shows by telling me to use the word hip. No one uses it anymore. Anyway, here's a segment where my dad has to go to Urban Dictionary to look up something that confused him on social media. What got you confused this week, Dad? All right. Thank you, Bella. So uh, this one got sent in by a listener. Uh, I assume because of me talking, uh, in the episode with Joe Nolfo at the end, telling a, uh, blackout drunk story of myself. Uh, and, uh, the word is detective. That's D-E-T-E-X-T-I-V-E. Like detective, except for an X instead of the C. And the definition is the morning after a hard night of partying when one has to go through their text messages and piece together the activities from the night before, taking the text clues and putting together what happened. Examples are, dude, I have some detective work. I woke up this morning with a naked picture from a stranger. And after some detective work, I realized I slept in a bush for two hours and then walked to Rite Aid alone. That one from all the way back in 2009. Uh, and there's there's a lot more, um, a lot more, uh, I guess, advancements in that. It used to only maybe be text messages and phone calls. Now there's uh, Uber uh, receipts and the like that also help you uh, figure it out. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, I'm uh, I'm an expert detective. Um, that's the main definition. There's detexting, which uh, 
as the act of going through one's phone and reading texts from the night before in order to figure out what one did. What did we do last night? I have no idea. Let's do some detexting. Uh, of course, there's another one here, detexting, to remove all fatal temptations to text and drive. You know, that's, that's not as clever. Um... But yeah, so that's a, that's a, a very uh, appropriate one uh, for me. Um, yeah, I like it. Detective. I'll probably never use it because it's a, not the easiest thing to say. But, you know, that's uh, I'm definitely an expert detective and uh, I appreciate the submission. So there it is, your Urban Dictionary. Now you're just a little bit uh, more more hip. Um, this is where I'll I'll come off like a like an American idiot. I always get confused. Um, is there? This is, you're going to, this might be the dumbest question or it might be like, yeah, of course, everyone asks me this. Um, I'm guessing it's the former. What, I always get confused. What is the difference between the UK and Great Britain or is it the same thing? Yeah, you know, people ask that. Yeah, no, Great Britain and the UK are the same thing. So it's the United Kingdom, UK stands for United Kingdom, right. which is Great Britain. So, which it includes Wales. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso. I mean, it is. No, it is I amazing. haven't yet. <laughs> oh, you know what? I totally. I, oh, my God. You should watch it. So you've got an American football coach from Kansas coming over to England to coach the football team, so soccer team in right. England. And, and he's like, OK, so is this Welsh person. I'm from Wales. He goes, so a Welsh accent. He goes, right, that person is from England. And, and, and they go, no, he's from Wales. He goes, hang on, how many countries do they have in the UK? So there's England. Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, just four. And he goes, oh, it's kind of like the United States right now. And it's like, yeah, that's quite funny. <laughs> so we have four countries in one big country, basically. We, and we have borders, but we just don't do anything with the borders. But we all have separate governments that report back to London, which is Westminster. Okay, so that is very much like the United yes. States, really. Basically, I mean, it is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so I can call it, the UK, or I can call it Great Britain. I can't call it England, or I'm specifying a specific a state. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. That's. I feel like still right. such a stupid question, and maybe, maybe it's not so stupid because if Ted Lasso talked about, I, and a million people have told me that's a tremendous <laughs> TV show. <laughs> you oh my god it's amazing two seasons and it would just make you laugh he is just so like americans or we find i think we we're just so maybe like pessimistic as a, as a british in a whole and americans just seem to be so upbeat and and kind of really like first thing in the morning really perky and have all these upbeat sayings i don't know that goes for the whole americans but for ted you just really really upbeat and, and happy and everything is so positive and you know it was great it was funny a weird, a weird side question because we're talking about Ted Lasso. Do um, do people in the UK enjoy American television as much as Americans enjoy British television? It, it seems like we've got a in America. It seems like we've got a fatu uh, just a obsession with British TV. Sometimes uh, obnoxiously so. Like that's just because they have British accents doesn't mean that show is great. Kind of 
thing. <laughs> um, I feel like sometimes it's just a way of an American being like, look, I'm cultured. I like this TV show from outside of this country. Um, but there are some great, there is some great television. Uh, for, but it does, a, it's, it's a very different kind of humor, I feel like. It's very, it's much darker, which it's kind of up my alley. <laughs> it's darker comedy not necessarily yeah. silly just funny like the the office i think is a great example yeah just, yeah yeah british, you like british version yeah well i i like both um the british version is more something like i feel like i would write the american version yeah. more goofy which right yeah I, I i usually feel better i guess watching the american version like it's <laughs> i don't i but uh but I know the the TV, you know, experts. I think would generally say the British version is better, uh, though much. I think. Shorter. Well, you know, what? I think it's. I think it's whoever started it. So um, because the American copied the British, but then right. I mean, right. I, I don't know if you remember probably before your time, but uh, we uh, was who's the boss? So that starred Alyssa Milano um, when mm -hmm. she was very young. And I let you know what one of my favorite TV programs growing up, and they did a British British version, and it was just not the same. It just didn't have the feel as American. So I think whoever started it first, American or the UK, then then I don't think it'll be as good as the other as the other country. I think uh, we love American TV. I mean, we're very Americanized over here. Everything is American, and we have, we have friends, Sex in the City, Frasier, literally like all the sci-fis. I used to love Quantum Leap, The X Files. I can name all of the sci-fis. I love Star Trek. Um, obviously, I love Star Wars. Um, <laughs> anything to do with you know battles, uh, galactic, or supernatural. Now you have loads of supernatural stuff. We love all of that. <laughs> I love yeah, things on the, Netflix. <laughs> the um, uh, Doctor Who. That's Obviously, that's British. What, how do you compare? That's in, Wales, that's in Cardiff. That's in Cardiff. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've watched a few of those episodes, and I'm like, when the hell was this made? This looks like the, like the CGI and stuff. I'm like, this looks like it was made in the 70s, but it's relatively new. Is that uh, intentional, do you think? Or? And well, which ones are you watching? Because it was made in the 60s. And now, obviously, they've made the updated version. Oh, so, maybe I'm. I guess I'm watching the updated version. I think. Is there a woman as the doctor? Uh, not yet, but I know that okay. there is because oh, the doctor okay. changes multiple times, yeah. which I yeah. I don't even like that idea. But I guess you know I I haven't watched it. I, I'm my daughter enjoys watching it, and I'm like, okay, we can watch it. So we're I'm slowly watching that show. <laughs> Who's the doctor? What the ones you're watching? Who's playing um, the doctor? A guy, um, and he's got a blonde sidekick, blonde female. Side is he tall? Leader. Is he tall and skinny? Yeah, he's tall and skinny. Is it David? David Tennant. He's actually Scottish, but he's quite popular. He's quite. He did. A, he played the doctor for quite a while, um, and then and then it kept changing. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up now because I'm I'm uh, I'm curious. David Tennant is brilliant. He's an absolutely brilliant actor. Yeah, yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely superb. Yeah, and he's good. So I, that's that's part of it. I'm like, wait, so he's going to not be in the show? I don't like that. <laughs> I know, I know. It's hard when you get changed the main, you know, the main actors. I know, I do find that weird as well. Like Bond, you know, James Bond, and they keep changing the, uh, the James. Yeah. 
Yeah, which I guess that I, I read something and I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. It's just 007 is a specific assigned title to someone. Yeah. So, you know, eventually, I guess the guy who was 007 gets old and ages out or dies and someone mm. else takes over. It's kind of like girl or boy groups, isn't it? It's just the name. And it doesn't matter who's actually in the group. The group will still keep going. Right, right, right. It's, um, I, I, I haven't watched James Bond movies in a long time. And I said, the ne- I won't watch another James Bond movie until he dies. In- uh, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but I, I'm always like, it's just too predictable. And I get yeah. if people like it. So, and that's not a, a slight on Brit because American is full of, the very predictable X, Y, Z, here's, here's this, this is what's going to happen. Fast and the Furious movies. I guess I, I, I shouldn't even make fun of them because I watched the first one. And I said, this is horrible. And I never watched another. And there's like 27 of them. now. <laughs> so. oh, I'm not a fan of horror movies. Like I like something with them, um, like a thrill. I like, I love thrillers. I love it when they have a twist and like, like, um, Oh, what was that? the ghost one I can't remember like Sixth Sense like at that time that was like novel you know when they had the twist at the end and now everyone yes. seems to be doing the twist at the end uh, but you know but you want to well, you want a story where there's um a reason and logic behind it now the ones of horror movies like Annabelle or like The Ring I just don't understand The Ring especially I do not get that at all it's just weird yeah <laughs> yeah I I'm not I, I'm not a fan of uh and, and, and again, it's, I know other people are, so I, you know, I, maybe I'm the weird one. I don't like any horror movies, mostly because I shouldn't say I don't like any, but the main thing I hate about them is they, they have the very predictable, um, but unexpected uh, shock scene that just jolts you. Right. Yeah. Like, why, why? Like, you need to try to give me a heart attack. Like, it, <laughs> I don't get like, it's yeah. Look, everyone jumped. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you know how you know humans are of course we all jumped (laughs) right and i don't i don't like that at all (laughs) it's the scare factor isn't it they like to scare people like on halloween i lost you for a second can you hear me yes i can okay sorry i i lost you for a second no and and uh i don't know if you guys have anything like this we have all of our theme parks, we have these Halloween scare things where people will like jump out at you and try to scare mm-hmm. you. And I'm yeah, like, oh, it's horrible. I, I went to one and it's like, my instinct is to punch someone who drives <laughs> out at me and screams because they're attacking me. And they're like, what the? my friends are like, don't do that. You'll get kicked out. I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I wasn't, and it wasn't a fear thing. It was like, legitimately if i were like in a someone who wanted to assault or rob people i would just be like i'm gonna hang out here and just dive at people steal their wallet and oh scary (laughs) you can't touch me (laughs) yeah that is true and that's why probably a lot of horror movies are based in theme parks yeah i get i i mean your guard is down i guess even though the whole point is to go there and get scared i i don't understand the fascination with it but again, I, I might be the weird one. <laughs> no, I don't get it either. I don't get it. Don't so we might be the weird one. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, there's a lot of people. Clearly, there's a multi-million uh, franchise business, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. It seem it seems like uh, seems like uh, it's it's doing okay for itself. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so you um, now you've gotten into voiceover work, correct? Mm. Yeah. How did you? Um, obviously, you have a nice voice, but how did you end up getting into to that? What what drew you to that? Um, well, I think um, so. After the jazz thing, I kind of kind of got. I wanted to sidestep that, so I went into country rock. So I kind of did that. I, I was like, like talk about American TV. I was obsessed with Nashville, the TV show. So I loved everything country, but the modern day country. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved like um, Dolly Parton and Tammy Wynette, but I just loved the, the new type of country that they were bringing out there. So I kind of released a, a couple of country tracks and um, country rock tracks. And um, But then I think the music industry was starting to depress me because it was just, it's constant. And it's always about what you're going to do next. And, you know, I spent so much time worrying about what other people thought and, you know, being on social media, it's not easy. I didn't like, you know, it's just, it's just hard work. It's always about what you look like and what people perceive of you. And it's not me, it's not something. And I had to deal with horrible messages all the time. So I kind of took down my Facebook account, which had like 6,000 like friends and things like that. So I just, you know, started a new one and just kept my fan page and kind of was looking for something else to do. And because I used to present as well, I went into presenting about 10 years ago. Um, so, and people used to say I had a nice voice, but I never really took any notice of it. And then I thought, oh, well, what else can I do? And my sister, my older sister recommended what she goes, why don't you um, try voiceovers? Cause she had a friend who used voiceovers for her agency. And I was like, oh, all right, okay. So I thought it was a normal idea. So when I do, when I think of something and I want to do it, I kind of throw myself into it. So I kind of like bought equipment. So I made a show reel and then I just started sending them out. Um, it wasn't easy because um, agencies wanted you to have one year's paid work before they'd actually take you on their books. And so it was really difficult. So I just joined this agency, which I know a lot of voiceover artists don't like to do, but because you have to pay up front and then they, they send you auditions. But from my perspective, it was good because I didn't have any voiceover experience. So doing that, I had like loads, I had to do loads and loads and loads of auditions every day. And then it was at the chance of actually getting some paid work, which I did eventually. It took me a few months, but I, I finally got my first paid one. And then it kind of kind of rolled on from there. And then as COVID hit, I know it's horrible to say, but it was probably the best thing that could have happened for my me as in voiceovers because on, then online networking came into play and then I, I, like I'm talking to you right now, international America is uh, quite a big for British accent. So I kind of put myself out there and finding my niche. And um, I've had a lot of work for American American companies and voicemail for um, two American companies. And then this poet who's doing experimental work in New York, New York, she put it in this museum. So I've had quite a lot of work from America, which has been kind of cool. So, and I really love, I love doing the voiceover. So I do animation as well. I like playing children's voices. Um, so I find that I'm good at that as well. I'm, I'm also finding what I'm good at. So things that I was good at doing singing. So I can do an American accent when I'm singing. I can do a Cockney London accent. Uh, I can play a child because of Disney songs. I love Disney, you know, Disney songs. So everything I could do as a singer, I can now do as a, a voiceover. But it took me a while to learn how to do that, to, to realize that I could do that, which now I can. So I'm kind of using all of those skills. So yeah, no, it's really good fun. And I love to do it. <laughs> No, yeah, hey, that doesn't surprise me uh, that you get a lot of work in America because I feel like there's a, <laughs> there's a, uh, and, and and this is not a, as an insult. There's a weird obsession with British culture in America, and, and yeah, it just uh, the the uh, the weirdest thing. I, I I love the accent because I I've even pulled up like YouTube videos of just 
a British woman like telling a story <laughs> to, to like help me fall asleep. Like it's just soothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, I I like to have like the TV on as background noise or something yeah. just to to so I don't hear anything else. Um, yeah. So, but for some reason, it just something about the British voice is just more relaxing. Not not everyone's though. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> There's there are some rough ones. The um, <laughs> uh and th this 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 might be offensive to certain people but uh because i think shameless was originally i know it was in the uk but i think it was i'm not sure which which country it was i could I think, not it, it shameless england is it a london is it england i haven't actually seen it but i think it is it might be based in england who, who wh wherever it, whatever accent they have is not uh the not the uh, calm, relaxing one. <laughs> I I had a hard time understanding them, which I'm like, well, I thought I, I don't know. It was it was closer to I don't know if you've seen Snatch with, with yes, Brad yeah, Pitt. yeah, 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 really, yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind of accent that is, but it was like closer. Cockney, London. Yeah, it was closer to that. It was just like really uh, hard to understand for me, at least. But I don't have the best hearing, so maybe that's part. of it. <laughs> Probably the same with the American accent, though. You've got such a wide range of American. I do like the Southern accent. I think there's something appealing about the Southern accent. But you've got, like, you know, especially if you come from rural parts, like, really strong, you know, and it's hard to understand. It's the same with here. So we've got we've got Welsh, so North Wales, North Walians. They have very, very strong Welsh accent. But it's the same with Scotland and Ireland. You've got the northern parts, and the northern parts seem to be more harsher in the southern part so southern island is a lot more softer where the northern island is a little bit more harsher um so you find that different places in england as well so many different varying accents liverpoolian birmingham you've got cornish accent you've got the accent from essex which is kind of like well if you've made an exit essex but then you've got the um the um oh the newcastle accent so you know it's uh yeah it's varied <laughs> And doing voiceover stuff, you you have to have some range, right? I mean, oh, I can't I mean, do many English accents. I have to be honest. I can only do I can do a Welsh <laughs> accent. I can do um, a Queen kind of British accent, and I can do a general accent and a Cockney accent. I can't do up north. I can't do any of those accents. Um, I can't do an American accent, but um, yeah. <laughs> but we love it. You know what? We love the American culture here as well. I think we've kind of just interchanged with each other. We have a lot of Americans. A lot of American celebrities come over here to live. Um, you know, David Hasselhoff, she, he married a Welsh girl <laughs> <laughs> and he lives over here and, you know, and John Barryman, he lives over here now. So. One thing I, uh, it was just a weird, I, did you watch, uh, do you watch Black Mirror? I watched one. I didn't understand it. I got, it was a little bit odd. Yeah. Well, one thing I learned, because most of those are set in the UK. Yeah. I think it's a UK based show. Some of them are now. I think the later episodes are some in America. Um, and some of them are very rough to watch. <laughs> but I feel like watching that, I'm like, huh, our cultures are pretty much the same. We just don't realize it. I think we're pretty darn similar. <laughs> we are. You know what? We are very similar. I mean, we may say words differently, but, you know, the way, um, yeah it is it is crazy how same because obviously 
I don't want to bring over the we ruled you people thing, but we did rule you. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> That's where the country came from. That is where the country came from. So you obviously have a lot of British names. Um, and then now we've we've got a lot of your food, you know, a lot of fast food from 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 America and a lot of our culture is the same. A lot of our TV, as I said, we love we love American shows. So and words, we we use a lot of American slang. Well, a lot of uh, uh, British actors, and uh, it's shocking to me how many uh, actors in TV shows and movies uh, are, uh, and they play Americans, and then you find out when you hear them talk, it's like, they're not American. <laughs> right? Yes. Oh, my God, it's like, um, um, oh, who is it? Uh, Renee Zellweger, when she did Bridget Jones, and I honestly thought that she was British until I heard her because I thought she did such an amazing British accent. I was like, oh my gosh, she sounds really weird now when I hear her with a, an American accent. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, and Gwyneth Paltrow, she had a good British accent. I, I, I think it was her, I, or maybe it was, it was one of those two actually, who I swore was British for years. And then I'm like, oh, I just saw them do an accent once and just assumed that was, uh, yeah. I remember the, uh, the Walking Dead, like most of that cast is British. And most of them do a southern accent because it's based out of uh, Georgia. I, I, that's where they shoot. I don't remember now where it's actually based, but most most of them have a southern accent in the show. So I just assumed most of the the one person who uh, I assumed was British was the guy who's actually American, but it was because he played an Irish person huh. in Boondock Saints. Uh, I forget his name, but. But yeah, it, I, I watched the, the after Walking Dead show. I'm like, wait, all of these people are British. <laughs> I, I, I think the, you said you can do a Southern American accent, right? I can't do it. No, no, I can't do a Southern. I can do a general American. I call gotcha. it general. Okay. Yeah, so the, I don't even know where that be from. <laughs> well, one thing I, I learned from, uh, I, I do, I, I, been doing some uh sketch comedy acting for some guy who has a youtube channel and one thing i learned real fast is i can't do any accents i've got my voice yeah. and that's it <laughs> you know what you find a lot of voiceover actors just have their normal voice i mean although it, it is weird when people say so how many accents can you do when actually a lot of people just narrate using their own voice so um that's really you know it is a it is a skill if a, a lot of people can do and i know a lot of actors um, oh, there's, so it, I was talking about Ted Lasso and there's this one girl who plays Keely and she's got a London accent but actually the, I was thinking it was thinking it was annoying me because I was like where have I seen her from and it was because I saw her on this American show called Dirty John um, I don't know if you've seen it, it was on Netflix and it was from the woman who played the main character in Nashville she was playing her daughter and she had an American accent and I said like, gosh but her face looks so familiar and she's actually British so you know but she did an amazing American, Southern American accent. So it's, you know, if you can do accents, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a skill set that uh, probably is useful <laughs> to, to mm -hmm. and anyone in entertainment. I, I always, um, but I do, I, there's something funny in a good way when you, when you just assume, uh, and it just it, it, ignorance on my part, like I know nothing about the, the actor's life. So like Benedict Cumberbatch, the first time I saw him, I think was as Dr. Strange. I'm like, of course he's American. And then I watch 
uh, Sherlock, which I think is one of the best shows of all time. Um, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, he sounds much more natural as a as someone as a British person. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of the time, you can tell when Americans um, are doing. Um, they're not they're not real um the americans play british they're not really british is because they overdo the posh accent so if you see in bridget jones in renee zelger plays it she's very very posh and so it's very easy to do a queen's like accent but it's harder and it's amazing when people do say a scottish accent or um one of the one of the other english accents like newcastle or liverpuglian so that's when it's and as you said southern when you've got specific when you can tell that's hard to do then then you know that that's because I, I bet you that you're listening to this and you go, that's not a real Southern accent. Or you can tell that's not, um, I don't know if you can. That's <laughs> a lot of actors, they're not real. Yeah, you can sometimes. It's, uh, I'm, I, I like to think I'm terrible at discerning accents and doing them myself because, again, just where I'm from, there's not really a, an accent because we're yeah. just a, a weird, I mean, there are different accents, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, we're just, we don't have our own culture we, <laughs> <laughs> we just have a mix we have some people with southern accents we got new york accents we got foreigners who have their own accents so we're just a a, a melting pot <laughs> that's good it's multicultural yeah yeah and that's i uh i i i don't consider myself having an accent but i i would guess i would have an american accent by your definition <laughs> yeah you do like i wouldn't say that you were from the south like you don't have a southern accent um so no <laughs> no well southerners just tend to speak slow <laughs> you just slow everything down and, and cut off the last letter of a lot of words ah, like okay. ing instead of you know jumping it's jumping <laughs> jumping, jumping. yeah that's that's pretty much all i, I couldn't Sorry. do a southern accent which i sh probably should be able to do but I guess I guess you can practice anything and get better at it. <laughs> Absolutely, you just have to listen. Like I think growing up, my my um, version of the southern accent was from Dallas, and I had somebody say to me, actually from Texas, that yeah, that they go, Amy, that's not actually how we speak. I was like, all oh, right, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we they, we do get so much of our impressions of that from from Hollywood or from you yeah. know the movies and TV. It's like. Yeah, you know that's not real, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like God knows what they think of the UK. What well, people—they probably think that we're just like really, really somber and depressed and moaning all the time. And <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it seems overall it's it's a little darker. Uh, yeah. Is um a weird question, and again, borderline. Uh, uh, some people might not like this question, but are are the people in the UK as obsessed with the royal family as the people in America are? Because that's the American part of that is extremely weird to me. Like, why are we so obsessed about your royal family? Ah, uh, no, no, I do. Well, I think a lot of uh, there's people who don't like the royal family, but I think in in a large sense yeah we are we're quite you know we love the royal family i love the queen i love them because i just think that they're a symbol and i mean i don't know if you watch the crown I, I not until the crown did i really appreciate what the queen had to go through because everyone sees them oh they have this amazing privileged life and you know how can you not love being royal but it's not like that you give up your life you're there for the people you don't have to you know you don't think about yourself it's not about what you want 
and it's hard. They go through a hard life, but you just have to look at Harry to clearly went in the opposite direction. And Megan, an American, coming in and, and taking uh, you know our prince away. But um, yeah, <laughs> probably not best not to get into that subject. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I love I love the royal family. I do love the royal family. Well, see, it makes sense that again, like it makes sense that you would. It you, it, but. I'm it's very curious to me how much Americans obsess over it um, because we had people whichever prince was getting married the one mm-hmm. not Meghan Markle but the one before that Kate Middleton and, and William yeah, we had Americans waking up at like some ungodly hour to start watching like the pregame the pre-wedding yeah, yeah. stuff I'm like yeah, yeah. what is going on <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? It's because it's like it's it's a symbol of of something that we all want, all aspire to be a princess, to be a prince, to have that yeah. dream, you know. And you can't. And I mean, and a lot of things like presidencies, and you you vote, you vote in. But the thing with the royal family is from the family. You can't be voted into that family. There can't be corruption. I mean, there might be in inwards, but you can't be corrupted like the presidents around the world, or you know. And 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 I think that's what, and it's it's stability. So whereas presidents, prime ministers come and go, the royal family are there. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's the one thing maybe that we love. And that's oh yeah, I just love it. I think it's just, it's just a lovely thing to have. And yeah, I do, I do love them. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, it doesn't, I, I'm, I, and I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't have anything against them, of course. I, I find it, it's interesting. And I think you, I think you speak to it well. It's, it's kind of, even in America, it's still kind of the, the life that you grow up i mean disney movies are all about princesses and princes and so it's kind of the 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 dream uh and you're right it's not it i mean you guys elect a prime minister who Mm. makes all the decisions right so it isn't like they're meddling and you know it's not like it's not like the royal families the royal family are not allowed to meddle in political uh business uh, and I think that's a good thing. So it is a democratic, we just, it's a symbol, but they work hard and they bring a lot of money into this country, you know, so from, from then tourism and then you've got the, their, um, the gay Commonwealth games and, you know, they've done a lot for, throughout history. Yeah. Well, you're, you're shining a light to something that's interesting because in America, we celebrate our presidents like they're Kings almost like yeah, yeah. Uh, half the country always hates the person, but the other <laughs> half worships them as like a symbol, but they actually do have political power, which makes it a lot more dangerous if you if you think yeah. about it, because they're being worshipped like a like a god, and they actually yeah. can can fuck a lot of things up. Yeah. Whereas the royal family is more you have that where you have the symbol of the country that you can I, I worship's not the right word, but you know, uh-huh. that you can rejoice. Yeah. While being you can be critical then of the prime minister without being anti- right um your country um yeah so it's an interesting it, it would almost it seems like the way american politics are so fucked up it would seem like we'd actually be better if we had a royal family that's like this is america family we love you we're gonna be the president you can't just get away with things because you're the president no 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 <laughs> yeah, and I, this is the thing and I, I talk about tv i mean i got um i really loved uh what was that show um, it was very political about the presidency. Um, West Wing. Uh, no, there was the other one um, about rumors. Oh my god, uh, she was really good. Uh, Washington. That, that, oh, 
annoying me now. It was it, it was really good. I mean, it was about it was about the president and um, how things. Oh, a scandal. That's it. Oh, okay. I don't know but you know, watching that actually got me into American politics because I don't think I was actually cared much about it to be honest with you. But it was just amazing how you your control, like the president, is doesn't have that much power. It's the people around the president that control you know them so you so kind of it is like a symbol you've got this one person saying you know saying I want to do this and that but she can't do anything because you've got all these other people that have to approve it you know and then you've got this hierarchy so it's kind of uh it's really interesting but it's very complicated and also your voting system is very complicated too it's hard to get my head around that but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's the the more you dig into it the the more dirty you'll feel <laughs> yeah that's not <laughs> It's, it's, I, I used to be extremely political and now it's like, eh, I don't like, I, don't, I, I still am uh, knowledgeable about a lot of things, but it's like, oh, I don't, I don't feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, but it's like that with all politicians in the UK, is right. like that, and all over the world. I think politicians, I mean, they, they, maybe they start out thinking I'm going to do what's best for the country you know, because I want to change to help the world, but then maybe it just then becomes all about, like, I don't know what they can get out of Our it. And ego. How, <laughs> yeah, they just, if they go to the dark side, they really do. So it's <laughs> just, <you> know, yeah. <laughs> well, Amy, I know it's uh, later over there than it is here, so I won't keep you much longer. Is there any place that uh, people should go to find you, uh, social medias, things like that? Yeah, I have a website at amysinha.com. Oh, I'm on all social media. You just have to type Amy Sinha voice. So I'm on Instagram, Clubhouse, uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, everything. I'll, I'll link all of it in the show notes. So just, just scroll down or use your whatever to do. You know where show notes are, listeners, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amy, thank you so much. I appreciate your time uh, entertaining this this dull uh, American who oh, really, oh. really doesn't know much outside of my own little bubble. So <laughs> I appreciate you dealing with some dumb questions for me. Ask, and you know what? No, no question is a dumb question. I think because it's all about learning. Like because I say that because I know you know like geography was my worst subject in school. So when people ask me anything about America and the States, literally I'm there in the map going, I have no clue. So it's kind of like probably, you know, <laughs> it's good to learn. Yes, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Well, well thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thanks again, Amy. Well, that was it. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Amy. Uh, check out all of the stuff in the show notes. A lot of different segments because I uh, didn't edit the conversation much, but I had uh, two times, I believe, that the uh, internet kind of crapped out. So hopefully uh, no issue with the flow of this podcast at all uh, from your perspective. And obviously we had the, uh, the Frontier sponsorship and the uh, the Urban Dictionary in there as well. Um, so please, uh, I'll keep this brief. Just like, subscribe, follow, share uh, on all the platforms, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, the more you, know, you help me, the, the better things will be for all of us. 
Uh, it's good karma for you, and it doesn't cost you anything. Unless you want to send me money, which you certainly can do that as well by several different ways. Um, and I believe one of them was revealed in this episode as well. Um, oh, and if you have an Apple product, go to the podcast app. Go to the Jeff Macalino podcast. It's not hard to find. You might be listening to it on that app right now. Go to the show page. Scroll all the way down to the bottom, you'll see five stars. Go all the way to the right and click the furthest star to the right. That would be five stars. And if you're feeling extra generous, write a quick review. You can just write, you know, he told me to do this. I don't care what you write. It helps the algorithm and the the magic of the computers and internets. And uh, it will make me uh, rich. Probably not. But it's one little step. Uh, that will take you five seconds, which will mean so much to me. So uh, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Hopefully uh, you get to uh, be a detective sometime uh, soon. All right. Check back next week. Huge, awesome guest uh, that uh, was another person on that list I mentioned of people who I kind of initially wrote down as this would be a dream guest of mine so get another one next week who has been on the joe rogan podcast by the way uh so stay tuned all right goodbye i love you peace